we're going to just take a few minutes to talk about time, just as Pastor Brenda did. Now, kids, I just want to let you know, I'm, I'm going to keep this extremely short, as, as short as I possibly can, but I want to talk to your moms and dads just for a few minutes here, so if you can hang with me, if you start to get antsy, if you start to get tired, if you start to fall asleep, that's okay. They fall asleep in here all the time, so you can do that. Um, but just as much as you possibly can, you can try to pay attention. Um, and I, I won't make you tell on them, but if they're on their smartphone, say, Mom, Dad, we're not supposed to be playing games right now. We're supposed to be listening to the sermon. Um, so you can help me out with that this morning. But we are, we're so glad, kids, that you are here. And whenever I think about time, I think about my own kids because my kids are getting older. Um, and so I brought one of their pictures when they were little, and Liliana was a baby. Um, and so... Uh, this, this is Abigail and Malachi and Lily a few years ago. And then I brought another picture. This was just taken earlier this past year. This is them now. Um, yeah, they're awesome. Uh, and I love them a lot. But uh, now they can sing, once I was seven years old. My mama taught me, but okay. Uh, but but they, they're growing up so fast. They, they're growing up so quickly. And whenever I think about my kids, I, I think about how time goes by so fast um, with our kids. And so I try to take advantage of every moment that I have with Abby, with Malachi, and with Lily. And, and a wise person once told me this, and parents, you can probably relate. They told me that the days are long, but the years are short. When, when it comes to family, when it comes to our kids, that the days are extremely, extremely long. But the years, they're short. They seem to go by so quickly. And so we want to talk about how can we invest in our families? How can we invest in our kids? How can we invest in our grandkids? How can we invest into the next generation? How can we invest this time that God has given us? And so you might be a, a parent, you might be a grandparent who's here this morning. And, and when you think about time, you think about how full your schedule is. I mean, you're running from one thing to another. You've crammed your schedule so full that there's no time it feels like left in the day. It's just one thing after another after another. And, and you'll say things like this. You'll text, I think I'm going to be five minutes late. Or I'm going to have to leave five minutes early today. Or, or you say this to your kids, hey, I'm going to be at your game or I'm going to be at your recital, but I'm only going to be able to come in the back for a few minutes and I'll take a picture and listen to you play or I'll watch you hit the ball. But then I've got to go because I have to go to my next meeting. I mean, you pass yourself coming and going. You drive too fast. You eat in the car. When you're at work, you're thinking about what's going on at home. When you're at home, you're thinking about what's going on at work. You're taking kids to, to practices, to work, to school, to whatever else the other things are that's in your schedule. So you're probably thinking this morning, how can I possibly add something else to my time? I mean, Pastor Michael, I wish that I could do that. I, I hope that I could do that. I wish I could take advantage of those moments, but I just don't have the time to do that. But we're going to look at a few verses where Moses, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, it's the fifth book in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's the fifth book, 
And we're going to look at this book where Pastor Brenda was leading us at and this idea of this insight that Moses gives to us thousands and thousands of years ago when it comes to time. And singles, maybe you're a college student and you're like, this really doesn't apply to me. I mean, I'm not a parent. I, I'm, I'm not going to have kids anytime soon. Well, I want to let you know this. One day, you're going to be the person you're looking for is looking for. And you're probably going to get married. And if you didn't get that, I'll untangle that riddle for you later. One day, you're going to be the person you're looking for is looking for. And you're going to get married. And if you listen today and if you take notes, you're probably going to be able to take advantage of this and use it in the future. Empty nesters, grandmas, grandpas, you guys have insight and experience and wisdom that I don't have yet. Because you've lived longer than I have. You've experienced time more than I have experienced time. You have a wisdom and a knowledge that I haven't yet experienced. And so we need you. <laughs> we need your experience. We need your wisdom. We need your direction. We need your insight when it comes to investing into our families. So you have a part to play when it comes to that. You have a knowledge that we don't have yet. And I hope and I wish that you would be willing to share some of that with us. So we're going to look at this verse, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And you guys know the story. Moses, he's at the end of his life. This is it. He's led the, the children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. He brought them out of slavery in Egypt. For over 400 years they were in slavery. Over 400 years. And now they've been wandering in the desert for 40 years because of their disobedience. And he's getting ready to let them go into the promised land, into Canaan. And this is what he tells them in chapter 6 and verse 4, what Pastor Brenda read for us. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. He, he's telling them, hey, this is what it looks like. If you want a relationship with God, it has to be personal. First and foremost, you have to love God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul. And Jesus added your strength in the New Testament. He said, I want you to love God with all of you. This is what it looks like to love God, every single part of you. And these things, these instructions, these commands, they have to be on your heart. Because if they're not on your heart, then you can't pass them on to someone else. You can't give them to the next generation. And so Moses is instructing these parents, these grandparents, this nation to love God with every part of them. Because parents, all of us know this. If we're not the example, if we're not setting the example for our kids, then they're going to find another example to follow. If we're not setting this before our kids, and so many times, parents, I've done the same thing. I've been guilty of this. I try to impress my kids with something. I, I try to impress them with, with whatever it is in my life. And my kids have a front row seat to my life. I mean, you guys see me on Sunday morning, so I'm wearing a tie. I'm wearing a suit jacket. I think I look pretty nice. Nothing's on my face. My, my, everything's in place where it's supposed to be, all of those things. But my kids see me on Thursday night when they've asked for another drink of water for the seventh time and I'm not wearing a tie and I'm not wearing a suit jacket, right? They know me. I don't ever have to go to my kids or my wife and say, hey guys, I'm really struggling with this or dad really blew this. 
they say, Dad, we know. <laughs> we understand. Why? Because they're watching us. Moms and dad, your kids are watching you. Even if you don't think they're watching you, they're paying attention to your example. And so, so many times we get distracted because we want to put forth an image, even to our own kids, of somehow that we've got it all together. And what Moses is saying here is, Mom, Dad, you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to try to impress your kids or to try to impress anybody else. Are you taking steps towards loving God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength? Your kids need to see you struggle with that relationship. Your kids need to see you fight for your marriage, moms and dads. Your kids need to see you being willing to be honest and own up to your mistake and be willing to say these words, I'm sorry, I was wrong. It's okay for you to do that. And Moses is trying to point parents in the right direction and say, hey, take advantage of this time. Take advantage of this moment that you have with your kids and invest in them. And love God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And keep these commands on your heart. Because Jesus said it this way later on. From the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. Whatever's going on inside of here is eventually going to come out of here. So if you want to know if you're loving God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, look at your conversations and the words that are coming out of your mouth. And then he goes on to say this, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. And at first glance, this kind of seems like, oh yeah, that's a no-brainer. Talk about these things as you're going throughout your day. Yeah, Moses, we, we already do that. The Israelites would have thought, Moses, that's what we already do. Because every morning when we get up, there's manna outside of our tents. And we talk about how God's provided for us. Moses, every day that we go throughout our day, there's this pillar of cloud that shades us from the desert sun. And it represents the presence of God. And so when we point to that, we're telling our kids about God. And every night there's this pillar of fire that's the original nightlight. All right, that's why all of our kids have to sleep with the nightlight. At least mine do, okay. Because there is this pillar of fire and it represented the presence of God. And every day there's a cloud and every night there's this pillar of fire. Moses, we always talk about this. We're, we're always discussing about God because there's manna, there's water from the rock, there's the, the cloud and the, the pillar of fire that's leading us. Moses, we already do this. But Moses knew that they were going into Canaan. Moses knew that there wasn't going to be any more manna outside of their tent. Moses knew that the cloud wasn't going to follow them around anymore in the desert and, and that the pillar of fire was going to go away. Moses knew that one day their tendency would be to drift from the things of God. That it would just become a Sunday morning 1030 service. That it would become maybe sometimes on a Wednesday night at 630. That it was just going to become a Sabbath. It was just going to become a festival. It was just going to become another celebration. And so he's trying to remind them, hey, the man is not always going to be there. The cloud's not always going to be there. The fire's not always going to be there. And so you, moms, dads, grandparents, if you don't get into a rhythm of talking about these things, they're going to be forgotten. If you don't get into a rhythm about investing in your kids, what Pastor Josh was saying, into the spiritual things of God, then they're going to slip away and they're going to be lost. Moms, dads, you have to talk about what God is doing in your life. Because if we don't, we'll forget. And our tendency is to drift. 
And Moses is saying, come back, come back. You have to do this. It's, it wasn't Moses' job. Let me put it this way. It's not the pastor's job. It's not the children's pastor's job. It's not the youth pastor's job. We're here to support you, what's going on at home, to give you resources, to encourage you, to be a help, to be a voice, to be a counselor. But we can only spend so many hours of the day with your kids. You have more time with your children than we do. And Moses is trying to remind the families, is trying to remind the parents, you have to impress these things on your kids. And so what Moses says to them is something that that you and I, we fully understand because almost everywhere around the world, when the sun comes up, what do we do? We hit the snooze button, right? When the sun comes up, we get up. When the sun is out during the day, we walk around some point in time we sit down and we have a meal or we grab something or we go through a drive-thru and we eat and then at night when the sun goes down we go back to bed and we go to sleep or we try to go to sleep and so what Moses is saying is this he's laying out this time this schedule he's saying you're going to get up you're going to walk around you're going to sit down and eat you're going to go back to sleep I'm giving you a pattern a rhythm for you to share with your family. So the first thing that he says is this, whenever you sit down and whenever you eat together. Now, how many of you enjoy eating? Anybody in here? Okay, a few of you guys like to eat, all right? I love to eat. And one of my favorite foods is Mexican food, all right? I can't speak Spanish, but I can order Mexican food, all right? So when we moved here, when we moved here, the Barnetts, they introduced us to this place called Rosa's. And they introduced us to this thing called Taco Tuesday, which we had, we do not celebrate Taco Tuesday in Chicago, um, but we celebrated in Texas. So we were grateful uh, for that part of us moving here to Texas. So, so we started celebrating Taco Tuesday and I'll order at least two to three taco platters on Taco Tuesday. Not really, but... Um, and so we go and we have Taco Tuesday every Tuesday night. We'll be at a Rosa's if, if we can't find one, or we usually go to the one over here off Western Center or somewhere if we're dra- traveling around or if one of our kids has a game somewhere we're traveling, we'll find, we're Googling where's the nearest Rosa's at. <clears throat> so we sit down and we, we have this meal together. And not every single night, but most of the nights, and especially on Tuesdays, we play this game and we say, I'll tell the kids, kids, it's time to play Mad Sad Glad. And you're like, what's that? Mad Sad Glad is this. I want you to tell me, Abby, Malachi, and Lily, what made you mad today? What made you glad today? What made you sad today? Some people call it high, low. Some families call it other names. I don't know what it is for you. But it's this opportunity for us to go around the table and for us to play this game or this, have this conversation called Mad, Sad, Glad. And what we're simply doing is this. I want to know what made you mad, Abby? Lily, what made you sad? Malachi, what made you glad? What? And we talk about it. And then I tell them, what made me sad? What made me glad? What made me mad today? And Linnell takes a turn. We all have that conversation together. And then we're able to sit there and we're able to say, well, let's pray for that person that made you mad. Or let's pray for that situation that made you sad. Or there may be something that comes up and I'll say, well, that wasn't the right way to respond. Maybe you should have responded this way. And they'll tell me... and. 
And dad, maybe you shouldn't have eaten so many Reese's peanut butter cups from Pastor Dan's office this morning. Because that made him mad. And then you were sad. And now no one's glad, all right? So we have this whole idea and they're helping me and they're counseling me through all of that. And I, I don't want you to get this perfect picture like we're um, Leave it to Beaver or uh, the Brady Bunch because my kids act just like your kids do. They're going to spill over water. They're going to throw a taco shell in Abby's hair. Someone's going to get upset. Someone's eventually going to get a spanking. I mean, it all, we, we're not the family that's just sitting there singing Kumbaya and, and praying, having a prayer meeting together. It's crazy just like it is with your family, all right? So uh, we are not immune to any of those things. But it gives us an opportunity for us to start the conversation. And then it gives us an opportunity to say, okay, how can we invite Jesus into these situations, into these circumstances that we're having with one another? So the first one is this, eating together. And maybe you're the parent and you're saying, you know what? Pastor Michael, I can't do that. I'm just barely have enough time to grab chicken nuggets and to throw them behind me to my kids while we're driving down the road. And if you're doing that, that's okay. Just say, Jesus, thank you for chicken nuggets. Amen. All right. If that's all you can do, I'll take that. Just start there with throwing chicken nuggets and honey mustard in the back seat. Okay. Let's just do that. But let's invite God into that conversation when we meet together. And parents, you know this. Grandparents, you know this. I could give you statistic after statistic of how healthy it is that families that sit down around a dinner table or parents, single moms, single dads that sit down around a dinner table with your kids just once or twice a week, how the statistics skyrocket of the health and the well-being of your family. You know this. And Moses wrote this thousands of years ago. And then he says, when you're traveling or when you're walking along the road. Now, not very many of us are walking, but when they're taking their camels or when they're taking their SUVs, he's saying, hey, I want you to do this while you're talking, while you're walking along the road, while you're traveling. And I've done this with my kids. And this is just something that I implemented when I started taking Abigail to school, when she was in that picture in kindergarten, I just started telling her Bible stories every morning. And she made up this song, and it it was this. It was just, back to the Bible story. And all that simply meant was this. Dad, tell me another Bible story. Every time we would get in the car together, every morning that I would take her to school, she would say, Dad, tell me another Bible story. I would start in Genesis, and I would take her all the way through the Old and some of the New Testament. Because I just felt like, you know what, I've got my daughter in the car with me for 15 or 20 minutes. I'm going to tell her a Bible story. And then Malachi came along and he was part of it. And then Lily came along and she was part of it. Now Abby and Malachi, they can tell Lily the Bible story or they can say, Dad, you missed that part when the girl, she got the spike and she hammered it into that king's head. Remember that in the book of Judges? None of you know that story? Okay, all right. Because I tell all of the details. I'm like, yeah, she got this spike and she just drilled it into the, and they're like, dad. And Linnell gets in the car and she's like, Michael, that's probably PG-13. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So, but I would tell them Bible stories. And, And then even we went beyond that. I would tell them stories about me. I would tell them stories when I was a teenager, when I was a kid, how I, mistakes that I made. And some of them were funny and some of them were serious. But I'm just having this conversation with my kids because I want them to know about God's goodness and his faithfulness in my life. 
And sometimes we'll, because now they're getting older and they're like, Dad, can we listen to music or can we listen to a song? And I'll say, yeah, let's do that. And then I'll say, what are they singing about? What, what are they talking about? What, what, is that right? It, why is that right? Why is that wrong? What do you think about that? What does that make you feel when you hear that? Because I don't want my kids just to mindlessly take in music. I want them to think about what they're listening to. I want them to have a biblical worldview that says, okay, why do I not agree with that? And be able to articulate to me why they don't believe or why we don't believe or why we don't agree with those certain songs that are sung on the radio or why we agree with those songs that are sung on the radio. Why do we believe what we believe? I want my kids to be able to know that. And parents, you're with your kids in the car. Sometimes you're bringing them to school. You're taking them to soccer practice. You're taking them to dance. You're taking them to ballet. You're taking them somewhere. You have the opportunity. Grandparents, you have the opportunity to have a conversation. And then he says this, whenever, what's the next one here? Whenever you're traveling on the road, whenever you're sitting down eating, whenever you're laying down, okay? And I've already kind of given you an insight into our little window at bedtime. But parents, I want to ch- challenge you. Not to send your kids to bed, but to take them to bed. I've had some amazing conversations climbing up the ladder of my kids' bunk bed, laying down beside them, putting my arm around them, and having a moment of prayer or having a conversation with them. And I love those moments. I love those moments when we're able to talk together. I love those moments when we're able to pray I'm able to pray with them, and then they're able to say, Dad, can I pray for you? And most of the time, those moments end with tears streaming down my face because when I hear my kids praying, it just does something inside of me. And again, I don't want you to have, that's not every single night. Most of the night, it's me saying, go to bed and stop getting up. You are not a camel. You've already had so many drinks of water. I tell my kids, you didn't want to drink water all day long, but at 8 o'clock at night, you're guzzling it by the gallon. What is going on? What is happening? And their little bellies are sloshing as they're walking up the stairs. I'm like, what is happening? I'm going to have to buy a new mattress now. But there's those moments at bedtime. I don't want to just say to my kids, go to bed. I want to take them. Parents, I want to challenge you. Take your kids to bed. And you might be saying, well, Pastor Michael, I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to say. I don't know any Bible stories like you did. You don't have to be a theologian. Just Google kids Bible stories and you'll get all of these links. Bedtime prayers with kids. You'll get all of these links. You don't have to be... You don't have to be like Pastor Josh, all right? He's incredibly brilliant and smart. That's why I'm picking on him. I wish I was as smart as Pastor Josh is, okay? I mean, he'll come into me and say, Michael, have you read about blah, blah, blah? And I'll be like, no, let's go get some Reese's from Pastor's office. Because I have no idea. But I'm telling you, Google... And technology can be your friend. Why? Because you can find these stories. You can find prayers. You can find this stuff in the Bible. It's easy. You don't have to, you don't have, to have it all together. You don't have to have it all right. Just take a few minutes. I, I pray that prayer that we read over my kids. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And then I'll add what Jesus said in the New Testament. And kids, 
God, I pray for Abby. Help her to love her neighbor. Help her to love her friends. Help her to love those around her as she loves herself. Help Malachi. And they'll even do that with all our strength and we'll make muscles and we'll flex and we'll, we'll I'll be like, feel dad's bicep. Isn't that awesome? And they're the only ones who think I'm still strong. But, but we do that together and we pray those prayers. Just read a verse. Read one verse out of the Bible to your kids before they go to bed. Start somewhere. You can do this, parents. We want to set you up, as Pastor Josh said, as Pastor Brenda said, we want to set you up for success with your kids. And the last thing is just simply this, getting up in the morning, just encouraging your kids when, before they leave for school, before they catch the bus, before you drop them off at school. You guys know this verse, God's mercy is new every morning. You have the opportunity to start with a brand new page, regardless of what happened the day before, to start with a brand new page with your kids and say, hey guys, have a great day today. Pray a prayer over them before they walk out the door. I'll, I'll even do this sometimes, again, occasionally. I'll write a sticky note to them and I'll do a knock-knock joke. I'll draw a, draw a stick figure. I'll just say, Dad loves you. Or Linnell will leave a note in their lunch bag or their lunchbox. We'll, we'll do all of these little, or I'll write a Bible verse or something or saying, hey, I'm so glad that you're my daughter. I'm so glad you're my son. Or tell them how beautiful they are. Or tell them how handsome he is, my son. Or, or whatever. I'll just draw, jot a little note and just throw it in their bag to let them know, Mom, Dad, they're thinking about you. They're your biggest cheerleader. We're on your side. We love you. We believe in you. We believe that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. We believe that you have a destiny. We believe that you're going to do greater things. I want my kids to do greater things than I've ever done. I want my kids to go places that I've never gone. I want my kids to, to lead people in worship, thousands of people in worship. I want my kids to speak. I want my kids to serve. I want my kids, when no one else is watching, to give their lives away. I want my kids to be able to know how to pray. I want my kids to have a faith that I never had. I want all of those things for my kids. So I speak that over their lives because I want better for them than anything that I've ever had or I've ever done. And it includes spiritual things also, parents, that we can do that. Grandparents, you can do this. We can do this together. And the automatic pushback for us is this. Well, Pastor Michael, what about quality time over quantity time? Quality time, is it better to do quantity time or is it better to do quality time? Parents, it's both. It's both. And I just illustrate it this way. If I go to the gym, I can go to the gym and they have all these televisions there. They have couches. They have all this. They have Wi-Fi. I can go and sit in the gym and automatically I think, hey, if I'm sitting in this gym, I'm just getting healthy because I'm, I'm in the gym. I'm, I'm here. I'm here and I'm doing stuff on my phone or on my computer or I'm watching a basketball game, but I'm in the gym. I'm in the building. And, and so I automatically think, hey, I'm, just by osmosis, my muscles are getting bigger. Just by osmosis, my cardiovascular system is getting better. All of those things. It, that's not true. You guys know that. And then I'll feel guilty and I'll go and I'll work out for two hours or for three hours. And then the next morning, I can't move. I'm like, Linnell, roll me out of bed. And why? Because that's quality. I, I spend a whole bunch of quality time and I try to cram it in. And parents, we're guilty of this. So many times we're like, well, summer vacation. We'll cram all of this, all of our emotions and our feeling and all the missed moments that we had into summer vacation or Christmas vacation. And you know this, it doesn't work. 
It, it, it doesn't work. And so you have to have quality time and quantity time. And what Pastor Josh said, when you build a fort, we, we heard this incredible example this past week when we were preparing for this message. This dad built a fort in their living room, shut all the lights off. They got a flashlight and they read this verse together. God is my fortress, my strong tower. In him I trust. And then the dad passed the flashlight around and they said, talk about God being your fortress. And they each took a turn as they held that flashlight in the living room under their blanket fort and they're sitting there and they're talking about God's faithfulness in their lives. Moms, dads, we can do this. And and Moses knew this because he knew that the kids were, he even tells them, your kids are gonna ask, hey mom, dad, why do we have Why do we have all of these rocks piled up here? Worship team, if you guys can make your way back up here. Mom, dad, why do we have all of these rocks piled up here? Mom, dad, tell me that story about when God parted the Red Sea. Mom, dad, tell me why do we celebrate Passover every year? Mom, mom, dad, tell me that story again, how how God sent the 10 plagues to Egypt and delivered us out of Egypt. Mom, dad, tell me that one time when you lost your job and you didn't know what we were gonna do, but we all prayed together as a family and God provided for our family. Mom, dad, tell me that one time, remember when mom got sick and we all prayed and God healed her? Tell me about that. Mom, Dad, why do we go to church on Sunday mornings? Mom, Dad, why do we believe the Bible? Why do we read the Bible, Mom and Dad? Moses knew that if the parents didn't talk about God, and you know it from the book of Judges, if you keep reading on after Joshua and then Judges, the Bible tells us that the next generation forgot about the exploits and about God. And there's this famous verse in there, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Because somewhere along the way, the family forgot to keep telling the story of God. And so Jesus, one day, he comes and he's like, hey, disciples, we're no longer gonna take this piece of bread and and it's no longer gonna represent a sacrifice of an animal. We're, we're going to take this cup and it's no longer going to represent the blood of an animal. Actually, whenever you take this bread, you're going to remember that my body was beaten for you. That they pulled out my beard and they put a crown of thorns on, on my head and they put nails in my hands and in my feet. And whenever you drink this cup, you're not going to remember the sacrifice of bulls or goats or animals. You're actually going to remember it was my sacrifice on the cross. And because my blood was shed, your sin has been forgiven. And so Jesus says, every time you take this cup, every time you take this bread, you're remembering my death until I come. And so the worship team's going to lead us in a song and the ushers are going to come forward and they're going to pass out these elements and kids and parents and families. We're going to hold on to these. We're going to hold on to them. And in a moment, we're all going to take this together as a family, as Bethesda and as individual families. 
and we're going to remember God's sacrifice for us. So if you can hold your cup, and here in a moment, we'll take it together.